Welcome to episode 159 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am delighted that you have chosen to spend this time with me. I've been involved in a lot of conversations lately about values, what they are, how we define them, how we explain them or share them with others, and how we live them. While the context in this case has been around having difficult conversations and um, being persuasive, the value of values is also worth noting in an entrepreneurial context. We've all heard the saying that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And when you think about it, what's underneath that is that people do business with people who are clear on their values and act in integrity with those values. We instinctively know, like, and trust someone when we feel like they are a person who has aligned themselves with their values. When we experience someone walking the talk, so to speak, we are more likely to be drawn to them. We're more likely to feel like we know them, and we have the potential, at least, to like and trust them. The talk they walk may or may not resonate with us, but that's okay either way. The important point is that there's a clarity to their presence and to their message and to the way they put themselves out in the world. And when we see that clarity, we can decide as the the customer or the member of the community whether or not it resonates with us. And without that clarity, there's little chance for that resonance to happen. And it's resonance that leads someone to join our community or to enter into an exchange of value to let us into their lives and to let them into ours. You can talk about facts and figures and benefits, and those are all important pieces of the puzzle. But remember that being clear on your values and living them is what brings heart to your story. People are motivated by both their head and their heart. In the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath, they talk about the elephant and the rider. And the rider represents the head and the elephant represents the heart or the emotion. And that often we make a mistake of spending too much focus on one or the other, forgetting that both of them are necessary to move forward. So remember that. Remember that people are motivated by both their head and their heart as you shape your messages and connect with your prospects and your community. That ingredient might just be the thing that's missing that could drastically open up more possibilities in your business and in your leadership. For creative types, their values often show up in their output, in what they create for the world, which is a particularly vulnerable place to be. My guest today has some ideas on how to handle that while staying true to who you are. Shauna May is an unconventional sales coach connecting creatives to excited customers so that they finally sell their cool stuff. She took experience from working and volunteering on crisis lines and applied the heart-centered approach to decision-making, so selling always feels authentic and awesome for business owners. She is a mom of five under seven and grew three totally unrelated businesses during this time because she learned that all you need is an interaction to sell. And I will remind you that you will find Shauna's bio, as well as links to her website and social media connections and her Introvert Island book selections at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. 
Hi, Shauna. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with you today. Hi, Beth. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Well, what is making you smile today? Um, well, this, I was, I've been looking forward to this episode with you for a while. So I'm really happy to be here to be talking to you about something that I really um, love and that I am able to help other people with. So today, today with you is making me smile. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'd love to give our listeners some um, context for our conversation. And so I always ask this question, um, where do you fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? And how has the awareness of where you are on that spectrum influenced your path? Oh, man, I am like, the extrovert <laughs> like I'm on the really far <laughs> so far I was guessing extrovert. but I don't want to assume <laughs> oh yeah 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 definitely <laughs> extreme extrovert like uh there was sort of this moment my husband is the exact opposite he's he's just introvert through and through and mm. there was this moment where when we were first married we were like I would have just like a horrible day or just like it was totally crazy at work and it was just all this chaos and the first thing that I would think about when I would come home would be like who can I invite over, right? Like which person, <laughs> which friend can come to our house today? And so that has definitely influenced like my business journey. Cause I've had a couple different businesses and sort of taking that perspective of like building friendships and connections has helped me um, in that process. And so definitely extrovert through and through, but I'm very, like I said, I'm, the love of my life is an introvert. So I have a really big, soft, tender spot for um, people like him. Yeah. Awesome. And I guess in your journey with your husband, how do you feel like you've navigated that? Like, is there an example of anything that you know is intentional about how you relate to one another that you feel has been helpful in keeping that relationship solid? Absolutely. There was, you know, you know the first two years in my marriage were really, we got married when we were 21. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like we dated through high school. We knew that we were going to get married like after college. But um, I ended up having ovarian cancer and this really crazy thing. And we had started to, ha- we needed to have babies right away. And so we got married just like three months after I had this major surgery. And the next two years were so hard, even though mm. we dated for years and years and years. And yeah. it, it was sort of this point where, you know, after two years, I started feeling like, wow, I, I think I can do this. And a lot of that had to do with like rethinking about how I approached it. Mm-hmm. So like, rather than like if he didn't do something in the way that I expected I immediately started having all these thoughts like he's a jerk like he doesn't (laughs) care about me like this was the stupidest idea ever and really learning like those things aren't true Mm -hmm. and like learning how to like understand him through his own perspective like he was doing this particular thing for this reason and just because he doesn't want to go out doesn't mean that like he doesn't care about me and so like it really took me a long time to really train my mind to say like okay, he's not a jerk. He's he's really Mm -hmm. not a jerk. He's a great guy. But like, how can I understand him through his own perception? Because your view sort of changes where you stand, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your your story is reminding us just the importance of checking out our stories, you know, because that's one of the things I find both introverts and extroverts, we can make up all sorts of stories about what the other person is thinking, and what their motivations are. And unless we check it out, you know, I think that's where things fall apart. um, If we don't check it out, and it sounds like you learned how to do that. And and that has been really beneficial. Yep. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you know, you have a really interesting background, and I don't think I've ever spoken with anyone who has learned about selling in the same way that you did. So I, I want you to tell us a little bit about that and share um, what experiences you've had that have prepared you for the type of selling and consulting that you do now. Absolutely. Thank you. So I, I'm, I'm a sales coach. I help creatives sell their stuff in the marketplace. And I picked them specifically because they're the ones who often have really great, unique products and they just can't get over their fear of selling, right? Like, how do I talk about mm-hmm. it? How do I make it not awkward? And so there's this whole sort of like internal battle that creatives and introverts in particular have when it comes to selling their like heart-centered thing. Mm-hmm. And not not to keep my husband on the center of this, but he's a printmaker. And so when we were dating, he would... Um, pull out his prints and people would be like, Oh, I love this one. How much are you selling it for? And he'd be like, I I don't really know 20 bucks. (laughs) And it wasn't that it wasn't that people weren't willing to pay more. He just literally didn't know how to sell. And so I have always had a very weird string of jobs. And there was this one job in particular where I it was kind of like a call center, but it was approaching families for donation after their loved ones had died. Mm. And they would never, ever, ever say what we did with sales, right? Like it's exactly. very, very much like just sort of presenting, you know, you have this choice, like what would you like to do? But in that process, we had to do a lot of things like related to sales. So like we would have to record ourselves and hear how we were approaching families. Mm -hmm. We were recording ourselves and having our coworkers listen in on how we help them overcome certain objections, right? So it was never about selling and it was really about discerning and helping the person on the other side of the phone get to an outcome that they wanted for their family. Mm. So, and I loved it. I loved that job. And it was a really, really great job because it was like a weird mix of sales and counseling, like all over the phone. So you were able to take those like awkward conversations and literally guide the decision-making process. Yeah. So I would take that same sort of skill set, and I would, and I start like a cleaning company. And I learned that most women know that they would love a cleaning lady, right? Like that's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And I learned that a lot of the objections that I had to overcome were like the spouse, right? The partner in the home. And so I would have to sort of give the language to the people calling for an appointment about how to overcome objections or what should they tell their husband or like, you know, how to make Mm -hmm. it, how to prove to them that this service is actually worth it. So again, I was able to use that same sort of language and help guide the decision-making process. So there was an outcome that they both wanted. And so I love it, right? I loved it. And I grew that business for many, many years and our family relocated and we'd have, we'd have four kids in less than six years. And I just thought, well, maybe I'll, um, you know, I started helping my husband. I started helping some friends sell their stuff. And so that eventually transitioned to an actual sales coaching business, which is what I have now helping people sell their stuff specifically in those one-to-one interactions. Yeah. It's funny you bring up that cleaning piece because it's like, it's the opposite in our home. My husband would love to bring somebody in and here's my, and I'm curious how you would respond to my objection. You know, my objection is I'm perfectly capable of doing it. Yes. I'm a little bit, you know, you didn't, I I keep telling him, I'm like, you didn't marry a domestic goddess, but um, you know, but um, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of paying someone to do something that I'm perfectly capable of doing myself. Absolutely. And, and there's lots of things that we pay people to do for us all the time, right? Like you could, I mean, you could essentially like, I don't know, like, I mean, you can learn to make your clothes or cut your own hair or change your own oil, but you sort of prioritize like what's important to you. And so if cleaning is something that you just naturally like to do, then yeah, like then just keep that. But 
when we're talking now about like leveraging your time and cleaning is work, like Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work and physical energy. And so like, there has to come a point where you're like, all right, like this is worth it more to me to hire somebody and give somebody a job too. Right. Like it's not just you like benefiting from a cleaning house where it feels good. Like you are really giving somebody a job at the same time, which is like a really good way to be a steward of your money, I think. So, yeah. 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 What I'm what I'm hearing and what I'm thinking about is that sometimes, you know, we think of the sales process as being between the person who has the the product or service to offer and the person who's buying it. And as we're talking about this cleaning scenario, for instance, like between me and my husband, the sales job is actually happening between the two decision makers before we even get to that service provider. And so my husband, he almost has to sell me on the idea. And what you're offering is saying like, um, in some the way I would boil it down is to think of like, well, what do you value most your time, or your money? Yep. Um, like you said, what are the priorities? that are in place. Um, So it's interesting to think of the sales process sometimes happening even without the person who is, has the product or the service being present. (laughs) That happens before then. Right. Yeah. And I would imagine that sometimes this is true um, for the types of clients that you work with, because um, as you've, as you've mentioned, you often work with creative types. And so what is it about selling? Uh, Now we're switching gears, I suppose, and is talking from the the artist or the creative person perspective. Um, What is it about selling that creative types find so challenging? And what are some things that they can remember to help them work through those challenges? Such a good question. So I think like the typical stereotype, like entrepreneur is like, um, they've got like a really cool product and they're trying to get it out in the marketplace for a creative, like selling is sort of the last thing that they think about, like creating just for the sake of creating is like what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And so selling, growing a business is like the last sort of thing that they're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden when you've got this interest, like it, it feels really personal, right? Because they're just creating for the sake of their own desire, right? Like they're just sort of doing it just because they love to do it. And so all of a sudden it gets really personal. And then there's this weird, I I feel like we also have a lot of like baggage with money, like Mm -hmm. exchanging money for like something that often isn't always deemed very valuable (laughs) or like, isn't always viewed at like something should be free, right? Like how many times do we just want our friends to throw together like a sketch for us or like, you know, Mm -hmm. be happy that they collaborated with a local mural in their community. And so there's sort of this weird exchange, I think too, is not only like, how do I navigate the sales process when I wasn't intentionally trying to sell? And then like, how do I get over like this fear of money? Like how much is it actually worth? And then does that make the other person feel awkward? So I think they're hyper aware of all those sort of underlying tones of, of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I would, you know, as I'm coaching people through sort of that process is specifically when we think, you know, I, I hear all the time that selling is serving, but like, what does that mean? And so when you don't sell, like when the artist or the creative does not sell their particular product, they're literally doing a disservice to the person who would want that product, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just may not know that they need it yet. So we have to create the environment that which moves them to buy. But specifically, like, if you do not show up and sell, you're not serving. Again, it goes back to like the day, you know, my days in the in the donation industry is that you have to help discern the decision making process, you're literally the gatekeeper of that process. And so when you Mm -hmm. don't show up and sell, you're doing a disservice to the person who would enjoy that gift, right? Your talent Mm -hmm. or your creation. 
so yeah, so your, your job isn't to sell specifically and like make a pitch, make it awkward, but your job is to help this person get what they want. That's both mutually beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about a five-step process for selling with ease, and I'm guessing it it's, uh, flows out of what you just shared there, <laughs> especially about creating the environment. Yep, definitely. So could you lead us through that? Yeah, that's perfect. So I just wanted to touch on that point that there's so many things like on, on my Amazon wish list or my Etsy list, like things that I put on there like four, five, six years ago mm-hmm. that I still want. Yep. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to buy that thing. It's literally because I have not had like a connection or a reason to buy. And so that's what I mean when I talk about like the environment, like the, like the buying process or like the environment that moves people to buy because they can love your stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing um, in my five, my, my five steps of selling with ease, it's finding a place of agreement, right? Like what's the connection between you and the other person? And the more that you can leverage like that connection, it creates an emotional, like no like and trust factor, which everyone talks about in sales. Like how do you actually do that? Well, you have to find that shared perspective between you and the, the, the buyer, you and that purchase. Mm-hmm. Really, really important because that's going to be what bridges the gap from, oh, I love your cool stuff to, oh, here's my money, right? Right. And that part is sort of messy, right? We don't always know like why somebody should buy this particular thing, but the more that we can focus in on like, okay, what's the connection? Why would somebody need this thing? And then sell that, right? And then mm-hmm. rather than the product itself. So that's step one. <laughs> step two is to ask better questions. So you had talked about this in your book too, about how like, like network, you know, you, you sort of view networking as like meeting new people, but really it should be about like researching, right? Like what information do you need to mm-hmm. like continue to move that person to buy? And same thing here. You have to ask better questions. So like, why would you like this piece? What do you like about it? Um, Things like that, something that gives you more essence. And I think that this is another sticking point for introverts. Like they just sort of want to avoid this interaction in general. And they end up with just like one word responses and one word questions. And then the conversation's like awkwardly over. And we don't know, we don't know how to like, you know, we just like, why, why, why did this even happen? And so if we can start asking better questions. And one example is like um, one that I've been trying to use more instead of like, where do you live? Or what do you do? I ask specifically, like, what stuff are you working on at your job? Mm. Or what brings you here to this location? Right. You know, and so something that gets them to elaborate and start talking about themselves, again, creates that no like and trust factor in sales, which is really important and um, makes the sales process easier. So definitely ask better questions. Then that brings me to my third step is that once you ask better questions, you get more information to then sort of pitch the sale. So then, you know, like, what is the problem that they have or yeah, like what sort of issue is it that they have? Why would they need this thing? What is it that they're missing? Which is you essentially right now, you can sort of soft pitch your offer or your product. And then it's literally, okay. And this is the outcome that you desire. And I got all that information from step two, right? Mm -hmm. Because you asked really good questions. So again, Same thing that I learned when I was doing the donation. It's discerning the process. You're not trying to sell. You're just helping them get to the, um, to a decision, right? A decision that they want. Mm -hmm. Because selling really starts to feel weird when we're selling like to the wrong people for the wrong reasons. And so we don't want that. Nobody wants those types of sales. So 
That's how yeah. we have to look at this is like, okay, so like, what do you need to know to help them make a decision? And then the fourth, the fourth one is getting them to say yes. So like how we sort of think of sales as like one and done, right? Like either a person buys or they don't. And like, that's the end, but that, we know that's not true at all in sales. We know that there's sort of this, this unconscious level of decision-making that happens. And so the more that you can get your customer to say yes and lead them, like, is this something that you want? Like, are you ready to do this now? Like we can do this quickly. Is that all right with you? So like anything that leads them to continue saying yes through the process is going to be to your advantage. Mm -hmm. So that's number four, get them to lead them. Right. Then basically then you close the sale, right? Like, all right, great. So you're ready to buy. This is how you do it. Close it, ask for it and be done with it. If they are still not ready, then literally just go back to step one where you're asking better questions, you're getting more information, and you're like, you're sort of clarifying what it is that they want. So really easy. One, find that connection. Two, ask better questions, you know, ask connection, ask better questions. Um, the, the you plus me equals we, like what can we do together? Mm-hmm. Um, lead them to say yes, and then finally just close the sale, right? Or go back, start over. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like I, especially the pieces about asking questions, I think, is a place where introverts can really excel because yep. that's the spot where we're really listening and doing some of that research. And it seems to me that the more you get the other person to share, the more invested and thoughtful they are about like they sometimes they might not be thinking through. They might not. They might be acting on a gut impulse and they haven't thought about. So why do I want this or why is this appealing or attractive yep. to me? And by asking them those questions, they get to say it out loud. And that's the other thing that introverts sometimes forget to do is to say things out loud. And when we do say it out loud, it grounds it, it makes it real. And somehow putting it out there is almost like a commitment to saying something is important to you. And whether or not that leads to the sale is, you know, still yet to be determined. But at least you're helping to facilitate someone's awareness when you're asking those questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's, that's again, because you don't just want a buyer who's going to buy, like you want somebody who's going to like fall in love with the thing, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's heart centered. It's awesome. It's super cool. And that's part of it. It's like, you're not just there to sell and, you know, like enclose the sale, like you're there to open a relationship in a way that, yeah, like allows them to be really excited about the product. And in return, they will then become your salespeople, right? You've then given them the tools Hmm. to go and tell their friends why they love this thing or this really great product that they have now hanging up at their house or, you know, this recent purchase that's, you know, again, really cool. You've given them the tools to start talking about you when they wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah. there's like sort of this exponential growth that you could have in your your business by literally that one-to-one interaction because you've now given them the tools, communication that they can leverage. Yeah, excellent. And and what I also appreciate is that it, it, acknowledging that it is a one-to-one conversation that can um, sort of, and they told two friends and they told two friends and so on, <laughs> that, that grows out of that. And, and especially yep. for something that is uh, creative, because all I have to do is go to someone's home and I see a work of art or a sculpture or a, a, a blanket, you know, a, a hand, hand-sewn blanket or something. Yep. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. And that gives somebody an opportunity then to talk about, well, here's where I purchased it. And the, it seems like the more you have had some sort of personal interaction with the buyer, the more likely it's going to be that they are able to talk about who you are, what you do, how they can find it. Because I love it when somebody says, oh, I love your whatever. 
like if I have a pair of earrings, perhaps that I, you know, purchased from a jeweler yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, I got them at blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm excited to share that. And I sincerely hope that that person follows up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for sharing this. I think, you know, that there are definitely some tips here that introverts can take away to, you know, start to examine their own sales process and look at where can they tap into their strengths of listening and curiosity and making some sort of emotional connection that will make the the process easier. So thank you, Shauna, for giving us a quick glimpse at what I know is more information that you have that I want to ask you about in just a moment. But I want to close with a question that I ask all of my guests. And that's if you were granted a three-week vacation, well, I should say, so my podcast producer can use the um, magic wand sound. I'm going to say, I've waved a magic wand and you have been granted an all expenses paid vacation to Introvert Island for three weeks, but you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? This is such a good question because I I actually started reading specifically like one book a month. Like that was sort of my goal and it's been relatively easy. And so right now I have two that are waiting to be read and one is from a friend. It's called Positive Discipline. I have I have four kids under six, mm. and we're expecting our fifth in a couple weeks. So, oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah, my friend recommended this book about like positive discipline. I don't really know what it's about yet, but that's sort of like a parenting like help book that I'm looking forward to reading. I also have I just grabbed one. It's called Ungifted, mm-hmm. and it's about how there's many paths to greatness, and it doesn't always have to be like the highest IQ for kids. So that's sort of another like parenting-esque one yeah the third book I have it's in my husband has it for me it's it's called like viral content and it's about how to create viral content on the internet and like again like sort of how to charge those emotions and get people sharing whatever it is that you're talking about so Mm. if I had if I had a vacation which I would absolutely love I would definitely bring those three books that are waiting for me to read. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny to think that you're perhaps weeks away of becoming a parent again. <laughs> and, and so no. I'm wondering what the timing for that three-week vacation would be, but I would hope that it would come at exactly the perfect time. Yeah. And congratulations on the, the new addition to the family. That's exciting. Thank you. So what is the best way for people to connect with you, Shauna, and learn more about your work? And that includes um, something that you share with me about your 30-day sales playbook that you're about to launch? Yeah. First of all, people can find me on on the web at shespeaksales.com. There's also a Facebook community that we run with creatives who just want to learn how to sell their cool stuff. Again, the She Speaks Sales. It is a 30-day sales playbook. And so what I learned, and it went through two test rounds of this, actually, so we could nail it. Basically, you know, Again, creatives, um, the people that I'm working with tend to be really busy, like they don't want to sit down and have like this arbitrary like 10 week coaching package where like we they are consulted on their business, but they really need to know the steps of like, what should I be doing every day in my business for like, you know, maximum output. And so what we did is we created a 30 day playbook where I literally helped them call the plays in their business, right? Like, how can you connect authentically? How can you write authentically? Mm -hmm. How can you leverage the conversation? And so a lot of it is like, show me what you're doing, and then we'll tweak it as we're going. And so that's the 30 day sales playbook. And it's really fun. (laughs) It's really a great platform where it's essentially like, again, how can I sit down and check this stuff off my list so I can continue to make those sales happen? Well, we'll include links so that people can uh, reach out to you and learn more about that in the episode show notes, because I I do hope that people follow up. And um, I'm guessing that 
it doesn't matter if one is a creative or not, that if anyone has, you know, is feeling challenged by the sales process, they're going to find value in what you have to offer. Well, thank you so much, Shauna. It's been a great pleasure chatting with you and thanks for your generosity and, um, Absolutely. I totally and especially for taking time when you are preparing for your big event <laughs> in a few <laughs> weeks. So um, best wishes with that. And thank you so much. Thank you, Beth. My pleasure. If you want to dig deeper on how to craft your story and integrate your values into your narrative in a way that resonates with people, check out chapter three of my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur. The chapter is titled Finding Your Voice, and we cover ways to tap into your core values and use your why to build communities and customers. You can get your copy wherever fine books are sold. And I'll point out that the Kindle version of The Introvert Entrepreneur is on sale at Amazon.com for only $5.99, which is an absolute steal. I have not seen it um, that low in the almost two years that the book has been out. And uh, it's hard to say how long that price point will, will stay there. So that makes now a great time to pick up your copy. On another note, um, since you've been with me on this podcast journey, I want you to be among the first to know that I'm starting up a new podcast and hope to launch it within the next few weeks. It's tentatively called Soch 101. I've realized over the past year that while I had a great education, it was missing a few pieces, including classes in sociology. And in trying to figure out what's happening in our world today, both the beautiful and the ugly, the problems and the possibility, I've come to appreciate how much I have to learn about where we've been, where we're at, and where we're going. And I feel like the sociology piece is one of those missing pieces of the puzzle for me to help me with all of that. And so I thought about I'd go back to school in a way through a new podcast that allows me to be the student with that beginner's mind and interview those who are much further along on the journey than me. My thought, my assumption is that I'm not alone in my curiosity and in a little bit of feeling a little lost and a, a place of not knowingness. And that has informed my decision to share that learning with you through a new podcast. If you share my interest in all things sociology, whether that's looking at the social systems and complexities of politics, religion, race, gender, technology, or culture, then you will want to stay tuned for this new offering. And I promise I will keep you posted. Before I sign off, a quick reminder about the next virtual networking for introverts event on September 28th. After taking a few summer months off, we're back with special guest Kwame Christian, who you have heard on this podcast before, and he will share negotiation and persuasion tips while taking your questions about your own tricky negotiation situations. You can learn more and register online at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash virtual networking introverts. And I encourage you to secure your virtual seat soon since space is limited. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And thank you to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for the episode show notes. You can find these show notes, which include Shauna's bio, social media links, and Introvert Island book selections, along with other resources that are mentioned in this podcast at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. It has been a pleasure sharing this time with you. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.